and welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me. You know, today's a live show. In the summer, yes, a lot of people are asking me, in the summer, is it, are the reruns, though they're live? Today, actually, it's live. So if you're listening to this today, July 13th, 2017, thank you for waiting. Today is a live show. Or you might be listening to this on Monday, when this, in which case... It is not live, but it was a pretty recent show. For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We learn to develop skills and tools to empower your marriage, to get your marriage to that next level. You know, I, when I speak to most of you here, by the way, I just want to let you know an interesting thing. And that is, I am assuming that it's just about empowering your marriage. Sometimes every, some, every once in a while I meet people and they're like, wow, you should know, Baruch Hashem, your show will completely turn my marriage around. But honestly, it's not really necessarily aimed and focused on people who have troubled marriages. It, this, this show really is aimed for, which I think and hope most of us out there have pretty decent marriages, but can always bring it to the next level. Okay, I want to start today with the following thing. First of all, um, what an incredible weekend. You know, Baruch Hashem, I was... My wife and I, we were invited to a uh, Ura retreat. It's an Ura Torah Mates retreat. For those of you who don't know what Ura does, they are phenomenal. Really, they're phenomenal. It, it, they have so many programs. Besides their camp and their zones and their this and their that, they have a Torah Mates program where Jewish religious men and women, depend, you know, they have a men's retreat, a women's retreat, learn bichavrusis, Together with a study partner once a week. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And this, I want to tell you, changes people's lives around. It really, really does. There are people who are completely secular, who didn't really know much about Judaism. And they somehow get connected to these Torah mates, literally throughout, throughout America, throughout the world. And they learn once a week, and it's un. Believable, really unbelievable what happens because they connect, they, they develop a, a relationship and they're learning with each other and ultimately they're getting closer to Hashem. This was a phenomenal retreat. There were like, wow, there are 350 ladies there. And um, Baruch Hashem, it was just, I, I was really zocha to be part of it. And we were involved in all, in all sorts of areas there, but definitely I did, Baruch Hashem, speak to the ladies. And I, I want to share a little bit today of what we spoke about, what the lectures were about. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. Actually, for sure I'm not going to have enough time. We did two lectures there. So for sure not going to have enough time. But Baruch Hashem, I felt that I really had a lot of siyat ishmaya. And I, I really have to thank Kadosh Baruch Hu. Really, really so. I feel like every one of these shows, every one of my lectures... Haidul Hashem Kitov, it really is Siyat Dishmaya. That's what it is. It's really Siyat Dishmaya. I thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay. I want to tell you like this, you know, there are different sources of inspiration for this show. Really, different sources. Sometimes I'm inspired. Most of the time I'm inspired by what I see because I work with couples, Baruch Hashem, and I just see certain areas, certain themes, certain things that are going on, you know, just with the people that I work in. I'm like, you know, let me talk about this. Let me just talk about this area. Let me talk about the area. But this time, I actually was listening to a marriage class from Rabbi Ben-Sian Schaefer. And it was, it was I, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Why? First of all, I have to tell you, I definitely, you know, Mikol Malam Dahi Mikol Malam Dahi I definitely learned a lot just listening to him. But 
you know, I was telling this to some people. In a certain sense, I, I okay, this is going to sound very strange what I'm about to say, but in a certain sense, even though I'm working with people for years, Baruch Hashem, and I have not only, you know, not only Baruch Hashem employed the skills and tools of my own marriage, but have given, over, given it over to so many people, and Baruch Hashem, it's helped so many marriages. But you know what? A lot of the stuff that, I, that, I, that I've been saying for a very long time, I heard him say, I, I, okay, you know, there's different versions, different this, different that, but I have to tell you. And in a certain sense, it was like, yeah, exactly. And, and it wasn't just exactly okay. I heard it from someone on the street. He's been working with couples as well, and he's telling, saying A, B, C, D, F, G, and it, it seems like we both came to the same conclusions. We both came to a, many, many skills and tools together, just working with couples, analyzing it, thinking about it, figuring it out. And I was very, very inspired. So, so I, I, you know, I said, you know, let me take some of the stuff that he said, says, integrate it with a lot of things that I say, and, you know, see what happens. See what happens. And he, here's, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. I, 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 think, I, I think this is very, very important. I think this is very important for all of you, all of those, those of you who are listening today. Thank you so much for listening. And that's like this, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what I want to say. The question really is, and the truth is, he asks this question, and, I, and I, I'm going to ask. This is really his question. I think it's a phenomenal question. I'm going to add a little a little bit to his question because I think it's a great question. I'm going to add a little bit to it. And I'm going to take I'm going to take it sort of where he was taking it, but really I'm going to take I'm going to go around the bases as if to say, you know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not just going to go straight to second. I'm going to go around cuz I want to I want to give you all a comprehensive understanding of of marriage. He doesn't really do that not because Hashem he's he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. But 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 it, it, I think it's important to even take a further step back to understand. And the reason I'm doing this, by the way, is just to empower your relationships, really to empower your relationships. And here's the question. The question is as follows. The question is, you go to anybody on the street, okay? Go to anybody on the street. Stop anybody on the street and say to them, is there, is there, on a scale from 1 to 10, a scale from 1 to 10, how important would you say it is to have a happy home, a peaceful home, a home that's, that's loving, connecting? How important do you think that is in your life, in your life, anybody? I don't care. Husband, wife, children, how important is it for you to have a happy home? And, and I think that most people will tell you it, it's up there. If, if, if it's not a 10, it's a 9. There's it, no question about it. One of the most important things out there, for anybody, forget about us, okay, for example. Just anybody, anybody in the world, anyone, any country, anywhere, how important it is to come to a happy and peaceful home as opposed to coming home to a home full of fighting and bickering and machlokas. How important it is, I think everybody would agree, it's, it's top, 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 top on scale. The question is like this. If that's true, how come the divorce rate right now is almost up to 50%? How come? How come? Wouldn't you want to do everything you can to have a successful marriage? Wouldn't you want to like literally like, you know, spend hours and hours learning, pay whatever it is, do whatever you can to have a happy and a peaceful home? What's more important? What's more important to come to a home that you can feel relaxed in both for men and for women? What's more important than that? Everybody agrees. 
So how come? How come the divorce rate right now in America is approximately forty nine percent? It's playing with fifty percent. It has been playing with fifty percent. That's question number one. Question number two: If you take a look at the studies, and I've actually took a look, I took a look at the studies, and that's what I'm saying. Some pieces I'm going to add to it. Where Schaefer said, if you take a look at the studies, you see that most of these divorces are being initiated by women. It is the ladies who are initiating these divorces. How come? How come that's so? Why is it that the women are initiating divorces? That's the question. If, if it's so important, a happy home, it's so important for anybody on the street, and you want to go out, you know, you don't believe me, go out to anybody on the street and say to them, how happy is it for you to have a happy home? Some of you might look at you and might roll their eyes and say, oh, whatever, I tried that, it's not happening, you know? If you get to the heart of the subject, everybody will tell you there's nothing more important than that. So how come we see that there's this crazy 49, 50% divorce rate? What's going on? Now, some of you might be thinking to yourself, oh, <clears throat> in the Jewish community, the Jewish community is different. It is. It is different in the Jewish community. It's nowhere near 49, 50%. No way near. So you might say stigma. You know, honestly, the stigma, a lot of stigma is leaving right now. And, and, and there are a lot of, many, many more divorces right now in the Jewish community. But, but and sometimes it has to happen. I understand sometimes it has to happen. But the question is, the question begs for itself, why is there such a high divorce rate out there? What, what, what's going on? And I think, and this is where, again, I'm going to take a step back further from what Rabbi Schaefer was doing. And, and I think we really have to take a couple of steps back. And we have, this is what we have to look at. You have to ask yourself the following question. All those people who are getting divorced, half of the population out there who's getting divorced, the only way for us to really understand why it is that they're getting divorced is if you think to yourself, why is it that they got married in the first place? If you understand why they got married, then you can understand why they're getting divorced. Because, you know, if you're going to go, into, if you're going to tell me, oh, you know, <clears throat> people are pulling out of a certain stock in the stock market. Say, why are they pulling out? Why are they go? Why are they going? They went into the stock because they thought they're going to make money. Now they're pulling out of the stock because they're seeing they're not making money. They're losing money. So what's the purpose of marriage? You see, there's there's two pieces to this. There's really two pieces to this, and I would split it up. I would put, split it up in the following manner. I would say. Number one, there's the narrative. Number two, there's the behavior. Every marriage encompasses those two elements, the narrative and the behavior. And if we, under, if we understand what the narrative is, then we can understand why the divorces are happening. If we could understand what the effective behavior is, then we could understand how to prevent all these divorces. But the truth of the matter is the narrative's got to be right too. And what is the narrative? I would split it up into two pieces as well. Number one, I would say the narrative consists of the purpose of marriage. And number two, I would say the narrative consists of the understanding of the differences between men and women and the strategy for the behavior in the marriage. And all those pieces combined make the puzzle of marriage. Now let's talk about the purpose for a second. I want to talk about the purpose of marriage. Why do most people get married? And you know, I don't, I, maybe you don't know, many people today are not getting married. There are a lot of people out there who are just living together. So 
you know, maybe I should maybe I'm, I should rephrase the question. Maybe I should say, why do people get married, and how come so many people, men and women, are designed to live together? Why they're living together? Because today, unfortunately, you know, the union of marriage is is dissipating in itself. But what's the purpose of it all? What's the purpose? Well, if you go around the street and ask people why you do it, the reason I got married because I was in love. What do you mean? I, I felt I don't just get married to anyone. I haven't decided. Okay, I'm gonna get married. I need some company. You know, go on the street or go on a dating site, and boom. You know, that's why people get married. It's not the reason. People get married because of the famous one line, which is they fall in love. Isn't it an interesting line? Fall. They fall in love. Okay, you fall into it. And you got to climb out of it, right? Well, they fall in love. What does that mean? They fall in love. It's a feeling. It's an emotional state. It's an emotional contentness, feeling of fulfillment, feel good feeling. It's a good feeling to live with someone who loves you and someone that you love. And for as long as that's happening, the marriage is good. If that's the reason of the marriage, if the purpose of the marriage is because you are in love, then as long as you are in love, everything is good. But once you fall out of love, then things are not good. And then you're looking for the exit sign. And that's what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fool yourselves. The reason there are all these divorces is because what once was a loving, connecting, bonding unit has dissipated and distance has been created and the love is not there anymore. And because the love is not there, people are running out of these marriages, running and escaping and looking for the exit signs Almost instantaneously sometimes. And Rahman al-Islam, this happens sometimes in our community as well. I'm sorry to say. Literally people, young couples, after chasanas, things are not working out. Rahman al-Islam and looking for the exit sign. Parents are getting involved, triangulating themselves in, in this union taking sides, creating distance, creating different teams, and before you know it, boom, it's over. Boom, it's over. So, that's it. That's it. So, so one second, one second. Let's just stop for a second. What do you mean that's it? That's, that's it? Yeah, that's, if you're going to get married for that one purpose, which is for me to feel love, so when I don't feel that love and it's happening for a while, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Okay, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. But now the question is, is that the Torah's perspective of marriage? Is the Torah look at marriage the same way? What does the Torah look at marriage at? So if we want to take a look at the Torah, what we have to do is we have to think about Sefer Bereshis. We talk about when HaKadosh Baruch Hu first created the man, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the woman. So, what does it say? What does it say when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the man and HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the woman. It says in Perik Bey's Pasuk, Pasuk, let's see, Pasuk Yudches, Vayomer Hashem Eloikim, and Hashem, God said, Lo tov hiya Adam levado. It's not good that a man is by himself. Eseloi Ezer Kinegdo. I will make for him Ezer, a helper, Kenegdo, opposite him. That's one possible translation. 
Eselo, I will make for him Ezer, a helper, Konegdo, opposite him. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the woman. Okay, so now you have the man and you have the woman. Why is it that Hashem did it this way? How come every other creation Hashem did, all the animals had a male and a female, but the man, for whatever reason it is, was a combination of a man and a woman, either two faces or two halves of bodies, whichever way it was, but it was like this this, this one unit. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided, as if to say, to separate them and, and to have a male and a female. What was the purpose of that Kadesh Baruch who first had them together? And then, what's the purpose that Hashem later split them? What was the purpose? So, if you're going to want to understand that, you're going to have to take another step back. I'm sorry for doing this, but this is so important. Take another step back. And ask yourself the following question. It's a very, very important question, and I think we should all be thinking about it on a daily basis. And the question is as follows. What is the purpose of life? You hear me? What's the purpose of life? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us? And what's the purpose? What is our purpose? What is our daily purpose? And the truth of the matter is that there's one answer to that question. And before I tell you the answer, I want you to understand one very important thing. And that is that if you who are listening to me today Believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, You believe in God. In the God that is understood by the Jewish people. Not in a God that is understood by different people. There might be non-Jewish people who also believe of what I'm about to say right now. But the Torah's way of understanding Hashem is that Hashem is all 100% good. Positive. Wonderful, amazing, great. That's what Hashem is. Now, if you believe what I just tell, told you, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is all good, is all wonderful, is all amazing, is all pureness of positivity, then what me and you who are listening to me right now would want is to connect to that goodness. If there's such an amazing, amazing, amazing being such as God who encompasses everything and controls our lives and everything, etc., etc., wouldn't you want to be part of that goodness? You know, I want you to stop for a second. Do you know that today, as we are sitting, as I'm talking to you right now, there are all sorts of advertisements that are being played, that are being broadcast, that are being displayed all around the world right now for different items. Marketing is a tremendous Tremendous, tremendous business. Billion, billion dollar business. And do you know that a lot of these things that they're marketing, whether it's sneakers, whether it's clothing, whether it's bags, whatever it is, do you know how many celebrities are involved in these marketing schemes? Do you know how much money, millions if not billions of dollars, they pay celebrities, sports stars, movie stars, other famous people to be involved, to brand their, sometimes to brand the actual name of the sneaker, Michael Jordan sneakers. Or, uh, you know, again, I'm not so familiar with the stars today, but, you know, th these types of things, they're, they're branded with the celebrities and you have pictures of the celebrities. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? You know why they do that? Because it works. Why does it work? It works because when people see something and they get excited by a sports star, by a movie star, by 
whatever this, by, by a singing star, whatever it is in the world, and they see this glorified wonderfulness, positivity that they're experiencing, they want to be part of that. Now, Nebuch, as we know, it's quite misguided, but be that as it may, it works. Why? Because you want to be part. That's very normal. You want to be part of this amazing greatness. Obviously, a lot of this is Sheker. But you know what? There is MS. The MS is Hashem. Hashem is the most amazing, great, wonderful. And we know Hashem, Hashem, merciful and everything. Don't you want to be part of that? Don't you want to tap into that positivity? Who wouldn't want to tap into that positivity? Well, you know what? Hashem is giving us an opportunity on a daily basis to tap into His greatness. And you know who really who figured that out first? Avraham Avinu. That's why Avraham Avinu was so amazing. Why? Because he was the first one to discover that there is an Akadosh Baruch Hu in a, in a world of Avodah Zarah. And when he realized that there's an Akadosh Baruch Hu, there's an Hashem, you know what he did? He said to himself, I want part of this greatness. I want to be part of Hashem. How are you part of Hashem? You start acting like Hashem. Same way people dress like superstars. They don't only dress like them, they start acting like them. They start talking like them. A lot of the youth today, unfortunately, or whatever you want to call it, are talking and, and like, you know, in this like street way, whatever it is. How did it start? Because these are the people who became singing sensations and rap stars, whoever it is. And people want to be, be like them. You want to be part of this. Similarly, Lahavdil, I should say, Avram Avinu, who realizes Hashem, he's like, wow, this is unbelievable. It's Hashem. I want to be part of like Hashem. So, you know what? The same way that the, the, that kid wants to be like Michael Jordan, so he starts wearing his stuff, he starts acting like him, he starts moving like him, similarly, and then he starts feeling like him. Talk like him, you act like him, and you feel like him. Avram Avinu, Lahavdil, wanted to, saw that there's an Akash Baruch. He's like, I want part of this greatness. I want part of this. So you know what he did? He started acting like Hashem. It's no surprise that he opened up his tent, all four sides of his tent, and started bringing people into his tent. Why? Because he said, I'm going to be like Hashem. Hashem is a pure giver. I want to be a giver like Hashem. You know, it's such a weird thing. When you give to someone, when you're there for someone, you know who's getting more out of it? You're getting more out of it than the receiver because you're feeling very... Who doesn't feel good helping other people? The initiation part is hard. But once you do it, you're like, you know, you feel so good. Why do you feel? It doesn't make sense. It's a spiritual thing. Because we're acting, we're tapping into our neshama. Which we're acting like Hashem. And that's what life is all about. So what does this have to do with marriage? Oh boy, does this have to do with marriage. Whoa, does this have to do with marriage. This is what marriage is. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates the one man, the one singular man, half male, half female, either two faces or two halves of bodies, whatever it is. And then Hashem is trying to show us, no, lo tov, adam levado. The Pasuk says here, you can't, you can't just live by yourself. You have to have someone to give to. You want to be like Hashem? You want to connect? You want to be like Hashem? Hashem created. Hashem was good. He gave us an opportunity. An opportunity to be like Hashem. What is Hashem? You give me those. Doesn't use me Constantly being mevater. 
and Hashem is giving us an opportunity to constantly be mevater, to be just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And every time we do it, we're tapping into the godliness. It might not always feel good, but I want to tell you something. It'll almost guarantee a successful marriage. It wasn't going to say almost, because sometimes we're dealing with mental illnesses, sometimes we're dealing with some other things, but that's exceptional. I can tell you 95%. If you tap in to this piece and understand that most of your Communic- your reactions with your wife, with your husband, to when you get annoyed will involve being mevater. Most, I say. I know sometimes you have to negotiate. I'm not, I'm not. I realize that. But most of it is just being, let it go. I'm just letting it go. I'm just letting it go. I'm just letting it go. And, and you want to know something? You have to do it. Whether you're Jewish or you're not Jewish. Because, like Rashi says on this Pasuk, what does Rashi says? Rashi says, if you're Zaycha, let's look at the Rashi over here. Oh boy, where's the Rashi? Where is the Rashi? I don't see the Rashi here. It's prob- oh, here we go. Zak Rashi, listen to this amazing Rashi. So much we can learn out of this Rashi. Says Rashi, Ezer Kenegdo, Zacha Ezer, Lo Zacha Kenegdo. If you are Zoha, she will be your helping mate. If you were not Zoha, she will be against you. Lihi lachem, to fight with you. Why? How come Rashi got this? Because if you think about it, if you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, every relationship in the world, except for marriage and partnerships, which mostly fail, by the way, there's always a hierarchy. There's always a father and a child, a mother and a child, an employer and employee. A principal and a teacher and a teacher and a student. It's very clear who's got to do what. And it's also very clear that if you don't agree with the other person, you still got to follow with whatever your boss says or your hierarchy on top says. So if your father or mother say something, you have to listen. Now, unfortunately, today I know in the world of teenagers, it doesn't always work like that. But in essence, that's what the relationship is all about. There's always a hierarchy. There's always, I mean, you take a look at the government system, right? It, it go, flows all the way down. There's always someone, someone on top, someone on top, someone on top, someone on top. There's always a hierarchy. The only relationship that doesn't have a hierarchy, right, is what? Is the, is the relationship of a marriage. The relationship of a marriage, which is basically is a partnership, and we know most partnerships un- unfortunately do fail because they end up you're not, not seeing eye to eye. And those are two people who are similar. Those are people who think alike. Those are people who have the same business idea, who have the same skills, and they don't get along. Here you have two people that what? Here you have two people who are completely and utterly different. Here we have people who think, feel, perceive, love, appreciate, analyze, all different. Men and women are completely different. Completely different. If not for the attraction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made for us, we would think, you know, by the way, if you don't believe me right now, I want you to think for a second about, you, you, you ever see little boys and little girls? Little boys and girls, do they get along? <laughs> there are books that are written about boys hate girls and girls hate boys. It is only that when boys and girls get older that they have they start having an attraction for each other and they start liking each other. But it's it, it, it's it's in a certain sense it's false because they're not they don't see eye to eye. Men and women don't see eye to eye completely on anything. But what we need each other. 
We need each other because that's part and parcel of our growth. That's part and parcel of us working on our meetups and connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if we do that, and if we, if, if we survive the tidal wave, and if we step out of ourselves and be mevater for the other person on all different levels, all different levels, prevention, foregoing, negotiation, whatever communication, whatever behavior is going on in the house, if we step out of our own box and say, you know what, I am different than him. He's completely He's just a man. He's, I'm never going to understand him. But you know what, I'm going to provide him with what he needs. I am different than my wife. She's completely different. I don't understand why it's so important for her to have flower napkins on Shabbos. I don't understand why it's so important for my wife to, uh, you know, to get new drapes. I don't understand why it's so important for my wife to change the linen. I actually like winter linen on, in, 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 in the summer. I like it like that. I like putting the air conditioner on high, and I like the winter linen. It's great. She wants summer linen. I don't like summer linen. So you know what? I'm going to step outside of my box, and I'll try to make some sort of pshara. We'll try to work together on this. We'll try to be flexible. I try to be like a Kaddish Baruch Rachum V'chanon. And when you do that, that's when you really connect. Did you hear what I just said? That's real connection. That's real love. That's real bonding. When you do that for your wife, when you do that for your husband, and he appreciates, and this is an important piece because a lot, a lot of Musa and marriage classes will tell you that, yeah, you just, loving is all about giving. Ahava, the sherish the of the word ahava is have, and have is giving. As long as you give, then you'll feel good and connected. Wrong. Wrong. Not true. Not true. I'm, t- I'm telling you it's not true. I've been working with couples for a very long time. I was Zohar to work with couples for a very long time, and I'm telling you it's 100% not true. See, I cannot tell you how many women tell me, I give and give and give and give and give and give. Don't stop giving. And I feel like I get absolutely nothing back. And I hate to say that I also get it from men also. Where men will tell me, I give and give and give and give. She doesn't appreciate what I, what I do for her. It's funny because he's giving her what, not what she really needs. And she's giving him definitely what he needs, but not, not hitting the core what he really needs. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But it's like people feel they give and give and give and give and give. So I have a... Have, I'm giving, I'm giving everything, I'm not feeling good. What's going on here? I have a greenfield, come on, throughout Torah. I never said that. People say that. I tell you, yeah, have is about giving. But it also involves appreciation, Akar Satov. If you give, and it's very hard, and you're there for your husband, you're there for your wife, even when you don't want to be. He's a stickler. He has to have the house clean. He's a stickler. He has to have his, 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 his socks in a certain places and that. And it's hard for you. You're not like that. It's not important for you, but you do it for him. And then he opens up the drawer and says, wow, I really appreciate it. I know it was hard for you. Thank you for being there for me. Gentlemen, I'm really mostly talking to you, but the reason I'm saying this to the ladies is because I know today on Thursday, at least, mostly the women are listening. Is that what? That you're out. You step outside yourself. You know what? I'm going to understand. He is different. And that's what Rashi is saying. Zacha Ezer. If you're Zoch, it'll be Ezer. If you're not, it's going to be Negdo. Because you're, here you have a relationship. It's really the same hierarchy. Meaning, when I say the same hierarchy, I'm talking about you're equal playing fields. No one's in control. And if you have a household right now that you are in control, or your husband's in control, that's not a healthy relationship. It's not a healthy relationship. No one is supposed to be in control. There are roles. There's no question about that. There are definitely roles according to the Torah of a man's roles and a woman's roles. But no one's in control. And when you have two people working on an equal playing field, working on none other more important project than life, Working life together, having children together, raising kids together, 
chinuch together and not really seeing eye to eye, not really seeing eye to eye, because because Hakadosh Baruch Hu created like that intentionally. Hashem did this on purpose for us not to see eye to eye, for us to be different, for us to say, "Oh boy, I don't believe this guy. I, I just don't believe him." How many times do I have to tell him that uh, the clearest plate? How many times do I have to tell him not to leave his stuff on the living room table? I'm preparing for Shabbos now. What am I supposed to do with his stuff? How many times do I have to tell him not to stick his fingers into the salad bowl? How many times do I have to tell him? Whatever, how many times do you have to tell him? He's just not listening to you. And it gets so frustrating. This guy is so frustrating. And you think to yourself, my husband. My husband. This is my husband. This is not your husband. This is everyone's husband. This is the way Baruch Hu created husbands. That they're very different than you. They think different than you. They analyze different than you. They're not out to get you. They just It's a different world. It's a different world. Yes, you definitely have the same Ashkafas. Yes, you have the same mission statement. You want to raise good kids. You want to raise Yerei Shemayim. You want to all get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But your personalities are so different. Different enough to make it very challenging, yet not different enough not to make it doable. And I, I want to say this again. Different enough to make it very challenging, but not different enough not to make it doable. And you know how I know this? Because, you know, the Mar says, and the Medrash thing is the Medrash, there's 40 days before someone's born, already it's Cheshman who's getting married to who. It's already Cheshman who's getting married to who. There's a reason you got married to whoever you got married. And that is your Nisoyon in life. So Rabbi Greenfield, I'm supposed to suffer? You're not supposed to suffer. It's not about suffering. It's about overcoming these really difficult challenges, realizing that your husband is completely different than you. He thinks different than you. He feels different than you. He has different primary needs. Definitely you guys connect on Ashkafa, on mission statements, and wanting to do basically the same thing, but you just go about it in different ways and not to get frustrated and to step outside of your box and to say, I'm going to give him what he needs. I'm going to give her what she needs. And that's what marriage is all about. It's about really connecting to Hashem. Because when we do that, we connect to Hashem. Let's go back to our original question. What was the original question? The original question was as follows. How come so many people are getting divorced? How come so many people, 49 to 50% of people are getting divorced today? And I hate to say this to you, in the Jewish community, it's happening as well. I am telling you right now, it is unfortunately a, 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 a machla that's going on in our community where people are get, getting divorced right and left. I am telling you, it is society's perspective that is infiltrating our community that people are thinking of marriage in 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 segment, segmenting marriage, understanding marriage, not in a Torah way. Because the Torah's narrative of marriage definitely includes love. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. And I'm not going to tell you that when the Pasik says, Al-Ken Yazov, Adam, Echad, I'm not coming to tell you that that's a joke. That's a very, very serious statement. Hashem wants us to become Basar Echad. Hashem wants us to become one really most importantly emotional unit. That's what Hashem wants us to become. But you know what? We have to understand that it's a challenge. And we also have to understand that we're not always going to feel like that. And when we don't feel like that, we don't throw up our arms and say, that's it, forget it, I'm done. I'm done. 
This is what I hear from couples all the time. And now, I'm not blaming these couples. Some of these couples really are suffering, and I understand why they're saying it. But that's not the right attitude. We don't throw up our arms and say, I'm done. Rogenfield, I'm done. They obviously don't mean it. Why are they in my office I'm saying I'm done? But I'm done. I'm done, right? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. If that's going to be the attitude, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. This is too much for me. I'm suffering too much. If that's going to be the attitude, well, you know what? The next step is going to be the door, and you're going to leave, and it's going to be over. Oh, so some of you are going to say, I can't do it. I can't leave. I, I got kids. I got children. Is that the only reason you're not leaving? I'm sorry to be so strong with you. Because that's, that should not be the only reason that you're leaving. That should not be the only reason you should be leaving. What the reason under normal circumstances when you feel distance from your husband, from your wife, when you don't feel loved anymore, when part of the reason that you went into this marriage in the first place doesn't exist. There are problems right now. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for whatever reason it is, is giving you Nisyanos. Whether it's finances, whether it's Chas V'Shalom Health, Chas V'Shalom, whatever it is, different different nisyanis, whatever the nisyanis are, whatever the nisyanis are, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving it to you, and now you don't feel that connection. So what are you going to do? Throw up your arms and say, I'm done. The only reason I'm here is for the kids. No. Now you say to yourself, this is very, very hard for me. I feel very, very disconnected from my husband, from my wife. But now is the time to be mavater. I'm going to try to be mavater because I see that my husband's under tremendous, tremendous stress. Tremendous, tremendous stress. And you know what? It's going to pass. And you know what? I'm going to give him what he needs. And even though the truth of the matter is, is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the relationship in a marriage, I'm really supposed to be the receiver as a woman. Not him. I, I'm, that's my role. But right now, I got, right now, I got to charge his battery. Right now, I got to take those booster cables and I got to put him on, into his battery and I got to charge his battery. And if I charge his battery, then his engine will charge his own battery. Then it will give me what I need. That's the way it works. And not to say I'm done, but to say this is a hard time. And now I'm going to be like a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Hashem, I know why you put me into this marriage. Not just to feel loved at all times, but sometimes to be like you and to be mevater. Now, ladies, when I'm saying be mevater, I don't mean to be stepped on and I don't mean to be abused or anything like that. What I am saying is that, yes, when your husband sometimes comes like a bear and is hungry, angry, tired, or stressed, and could be implying criticism, or chas v'shalom attacking, or sometimes even chas v'shalom being belittling, not throwing up in your arms and saying, this is crazy, I don't even know why I married this man. This is a rough time. I'm going to get through it. I'm not going to be there in the line of fire. Rabbi Greenfield did not say that I have to sit there and be screamed at or criticized. I could say to him, you know, I know you don't mean it, but I, I'm just feeling criticized. If we could, like, eat something first, that would be much better. Say that a couple of times because you don't have to be there in the line of fire. Or maybe say to him, you know what, maybe we'll talk a little bit later. Maybe you want to do something yourself. You could do that too, but you don't have to be there. Sometimes you have to say, you know, I'm going to need a little time. But the point of the matter is, is you're not going to engage. You're not going to fight. You're not going to criticize back. You're, you're not going to create more distance. Instead, you're going to say, you know what, you're giving me a test right now. Because my husband really is going through a lot of stress. He's displacing it. It might not be fair. I feel he's not being fair to me right now. But you know what, Akadosh Baruch Hu? Sometimes you're mevater to me also. So I'm going to be mevater. Called mevater al midosav, mavirin lo kol pishav. Again, I'm saying this with a very important caveat. And that is, I'm not saying you should be stepped on. 
and criticized and attacked non-stop and you should feel like a shmata. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying that every once in a while these things happen and instead of looking at your husband and saying to him, you are a disgusting animal. I can't believe the way you're talking to me, how much everything I do for you and for the children. This is the way you talk? This is the way you talk? I hate your guts. I hate your guts. And that's what you want to say. And that's what some of you are saying in your marriages. You're killing your marriage. Killing it. You're killing your marriage, and I hate to say this, you're killing your children's emotions also because they hear this also. So what are you supposed to do? Don't be stepped on. Don't stand in the line of, line of fire. You can say to your husband, it seems like you're having a very hard day. Why don't we talk about this later? It's, I know you don't mean it, but I'm feeling like I'm being attacked. Why don't we, why don't we discuss this later? Escape! escape. You don't have to be around. Let him calm himself down. He's a man. He's hungry. He's angry. He's tired. He's stressed. Let him calm himself down. Disconnect yourself a little bit emotionally for him. A little bit just for now. And then you'll come back. He'll calm down. It'll be fine. But what? You want to criticize? You want to fight? If he said something very, very hurtful later on, you could say to him, I know you didn't mean it, but that was very hurtful when you said that. If you have to say that, you can't be mavata. I'm not, I'm not telling you you should have your husband step on you. But what I am telling you is absolutely do not fight with him. Absolutely do not hit him back. Do not tell him, well, you, who do you think you are? You're disgusting. I hate your guts. Or sarcasm. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. How would you like it if I would? That's our autopilot. That's what we want to do. Myself included. We all want to do that. That's our autopilot. Don't do that. Don't do that. I can tell you so many marriages are being ruined because lack of negotiation skills, they, people don't know how to negotiate. They fight. They fight. Fighting never works. And I want to say something. Even negotiation most of the time doesn't work. What you have to do is be mavater. Sometimes you have to negotiate if it's a real atom bomb. There are rules to it. I told you the rules. There are rules to it. I'm not saying it right now. But what I am saying to you is that what? What I am saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows. And that is... You don't know how many people's marriages go down the drain. And they really do love each other. They really, really do. And this is why all these people are getting divorced. I'm telling you, this is why all these people are getting divorced. Why? Because the love dissipates, not because it's not even there. You know how many people get divorced today and they really do love each other? You know how I know they love each other? Because they fight so hard during the divorce. It becomes so nasty. You know why it becomes so nasty? Because there's so much hurt. There's so much hurt. I can't believe he's doing that to me. I can't believe she's doing that to me. It's so forbittering. Now, I, I want to tell you, those ladies who are listening to me, or men who are listening to me, who are divorced, I understand. I agree with you. Sometimes you've tried everything. Really, you've gone to counseling. You've spoken to Rabbanim. And you've, when I say counseling, I'm talking about extensive, not one or two or three sessions. You've spent a long time in it, realizing and everything. And you realize, you know what, for whatever reason it is, it, 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 wasn't, meant to, it wasn't meant to be. And that's why, you know, they say, Meseches Gittin comes before Kedushin, because if there's no Kedusha, you better have a get. But it's an amputation. It's an amputation, especially if you have children. In a certain sense, that's what it is. No one gains out of it. And why does it happen? You want to know why it happens? Because you cannot internalize that he is so different than me. She is so different than me. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's so different. Because in your mind, you're thinking, I would never have 
talk like that to him. I would never speak like that. I would never act like that. If he were to ask me to, 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 if I was the breadwinner in the house and he would ask me to leave me money for the kids, I would do it in a second. I would say, here, no problem, right here. If he were to ask me to clear the table, I would do it right away. If he were to ask me not to eat with my fingers, even if I would do it, I would stop it for him. I would do it right away. But he doesn't, and I have to ask him again and again and again. Well, you know what? He's not bad. He doesn't hate you. He's a man. He's just a man, and he's different. So by grief, we'll have to suffer. No, you don't have to suffer. There are ways to ask your husband. I want to talk about that now a little bit. There are ways to ask your husband. There are a lot of ways to ask your husband and getting what you want. But ladies, and I'm talking mostly to the ladies now, you're not doing it the right way. You're not doing the right way. I'm not talking to all of you, but a lot of you. You're pursuing your husband. Why don't you just go to the dentist? Why don't you just learn the, with the kids? I don't understand why you're not paying the camp. You seem like you have money. I know you have money. How come you're not paying for the camp? Why, why, why everybody goes to the country? We're not going to the country. How come those of you who are in the country, though you, those of you who are in the country, how come all the other men come earlier and you're not coming earlier? I don't understand. Why don't you do it? I don't understand. I don't understand. Why aren't you doing it? I don't understand. And the truth of the matter is that you're entitled to say that. You're entitled to say that. I don't understand what's going on. You're entitled to say whatever you want. But it doesn't work in a marriage. You hear me? It doesn't work in a marriage. You want to fight with me? I tell women who, 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 who start fighting with me about this. Not a lot. Baruch Hashem. When I speak, Baruch Hashem, it's very, generally very well received. But sometimes, once in a while, a woman's like she wants to continue her war path. It's like, no, my husband has to know. He has to understand. I have to explain him. Really? Really? Let me tell you a little secret. He might comply, but you know what? He's not going to want to come home. He might comply, but you know something? It's going to create distance. He's not going to feel that love anymore. So how do I get him to do what I want, Rabbi Greenfield? How do I get him? Maybe we'll speak about this more specifically next week. If I'm around here next week and I'm going to do a live show. But I'll tell you one thing, ladies. You know how you're going to do it? You're going to do it the same way you did it when you were dating him. When you were dating him, you weren't telling him what to do. When you were dating him, when you needed something, you didn't pursue him. When you were dating him, when you wanted something, you didn't control him. When you were dating him and you wanted something, you had a special way of motivating him. You had a certain way of getting what you wanted. Even, I would say, possibly in the Shona Rishona, the beginning of your marriage, when you wanted something, when you felt close and connected to him because he was doing everything for you, then you got what you wanted in the way that works. And you know what that is? And Akash Bochul literally sent me this word today. I was talking to someone. Whatever. I'm not going to get into details, obviously. But Akash Bochul sent me this word. I was talking to this woman. And you know what it was that that came to me, this piece of Siyat Shmaya, And that's like this. And, and, and it's like, you know, I said, wow, Kashbuch just gave me this word. I think you can apply it to your marriage also. I think every woman can apply to marriage. You know what Kashbuch gave you, ladies? Let me tell you what Hashem gave you. A tool that Hashem gave you, and you're not using it. You know what that is? It's a very, very powerful magnet. That's what you have, a magnet. Don't use the hammer. 
It ain't gonna work. Don't use the gun. Don't use any of this. Use your magnet. You have a magnet. Jump into your, for lack of a better term, femininity, and use that to get what you need. It'll make me really happy. I know it's very hard for you, but it'll make me very happy. I understand that it's hard, even though you don't understand, even though you don't get it, even though he should, he should care for his own children. He should give you money for the, his children, which are your children and his children. Don't talk to him like that. I know you're frustrated. And I know it's very hard to tap into that when you're frustrated because you just want to let it loose. You just want to tell me you're disgusting. You say, our children, I don't understand. Why do all the other kids have to walk with, with you know, walk with, you know, with, with sneakers and this and that. Our kids don't have it. Our kids don't have this. Our kids don't have that. Or every other husband takes care of this, that, the other thing, and you're not. Don't talk to him like that. Use your femininity. Use it, whatever it is. Use it. Use it. It's always been working. We'll talk next week a little bit more about exactly what and how and where. But that's what works, ladies. Don't step into his role. What I mean by that is don't be a man because you're not going to win the man. You're never going to win the fight. He's going to have to be right. And even if you get him to be wrong, he's still going to feel very far from you. And you're not going to get what you want. You could force him. You might get it like once and you're not going to get it again. You're going to feel distance. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So what I'm saying to you, ladies, ladies, I'm speaking mostly. I, know, I think most ladies listen to me on Thursday, Monday night, man. But in any case, what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is everybody's got their role. We're going to talk next week, Belina, there a little more about the Ramam. It speaks about the actual role because this is so, so, so important, the actual role. But right now what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that we have to understand why there are all these divorces out there. And we have to do everything we can because we know there's nothing more important for ourselves, for our children than having a happy home. And it's not about just Love. It ain't just about love. It's not. That's not just love. It's not. I'm telling you it's not. Even though ladies, especially ladies, you need that. I know you need that. But what I'm saying to you is if you don't get it and you're going to make a headway for the door or you can start fighting and criticizing and, and, and attacking, I'm telling you it's not going to help. It's not going to help. Plug into the midah of being mevater. If you are not mevater on a daily basis for your wife and for your husband, then you're probably not having a happy marriage. I'm telling you, you're not having a marriage on a daily basis. There's got to be something a kashbokh had you be mevater for your husband. Something a kashbokh had you And for the ladies, many times it's not what he said and he did against you. It's what he's not giving you. Because the truth is, in this relationship, ladies, you you are the ones who are the receivers of this emotional energy ultimately and then reflected back to your husbands. And you're not getting that love. You're gonna, your battery's going to be empty. You're going to feel very, very, very frustrated. So instead of fighting with your husband, let him get over his hats, whatever it is, and then use your magnet to get whatever you want. We're going to talk about this magnet, Mr. Shem. Hopefully next week I'm going to be around. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it now. The other thing I want to say before we go is like this. Right now, um, there, uh, whatever it is, not going to get into details here because I don't even know the old details. But I will tell you like this: I'm not even trying. All you do is listen to me on the phone, on the app. It's the summer. Text me if you're listening to me. If you can't, not a problem. Text me. I don't even know what people are listening to me, and you know it just empowers me to know a lot of people listened. It was nice. Nine one seven three nine seven two eight four one. You can text me and tell me 
where you live. You can tell me where you're at. Brooklyn, Muncie, Israel, whatever. 917-397-2841. 917-397-2841. Greenfield, I listened to your show. Did anyone tell me if you liked it, didn't like it? Hopefully we had Seattle Shemaya. 917-397-2841. Have an amazing, amazing week. Mm-hmm.